1: It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. Let's just going to the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: All right, welcome to your Saturday mailbag. If you're watching on YouTube, happy Friday afternoon to everybody. It is afternoon. It is 12.20 p.m. I can confirm that is afternoon. No disputes here. <laughs> Today, our favorite segment is back. The fantasy cops are coming. I, I love fantasy this, cops. Yeah. I didn't even,
2: Adam didn't even tell me we were going to get a little fantasy cops going today. Yeah, baby. It's fantasy cops it's in the thumbnail
0: and everything. We got, uh, so many in the inbox. I have four in the show, so I'm not able to answer everybody's fantasy cop questions, but if you're new to the show, fantasy cops is, you have a league dispute. Send an email to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That's the letter I fantasy football at CBSI.com and, uh, put fantasy cops in the subject line and we will regulate it
2: on the air. Can I ask you a favor for this fantasy cops, Adam? Yeah. There's been a lot of variations of fantasy cops. I've been a part of some of them, but no matter who the pairing is, or if it's three people on fantasy cops, you're always playing good cop. For once, you got to play bad cop. With these leagues, Adam. Yes. Oh, you think I'm always playing good cop? You're always playing good cop. You're like, oh, that's okay. It's uh, okay to do a trade like yeah, that. Like- I'll tell you. I'll give you a real life. <laughs> I'll
0: give you a real life example. We're in a fantasy baseball league together, right? Yep. So I get a text from someone. This is so funny. I crack up, man. <laughs> he says, um, this was at 7.48 p.m. on Monday. The games started at 6 o'clock
2: p.m. Right.
0: said, dude, I took DeGrom off my IL, but he went to my bench instead of my starters. Any help or nah? And <laughs> I, it was such a nicely worded text that it seemed like he'd be fine with either scenario, right? Right. And I thought about it, and I said, like, if someone texted me at one forty eight p.m. Eastern on right, a football the, Sunday, there's no way I'm letting yep. you change your lineup.
2: Yep. So I said, "I'm Plus, sorry." DeGrom's start, DeGrom's start had already started at that point. Degrom's game
0: had started. He started yeah. on Tuesday.
2: Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, he okay. didn't. He hadn't started
0: yet. He's. I said, oh, "I'm sorry, man. I can't do it." This is Monday. Yeah. He goes, Jesus. And I said, <laughs> you "Gotta set your lineup." What can I say? I mean, <laughs> wasted a first-round pick on a guy that won't play because you made us draft weeks before the season. But, yeah, cool.
2: Wow, that went from zero to six. I here. know. Like, that was a nicely worded text. <laughs> I like this guy, and now he's just coming at you. And then <laughs> it went on. It went on and on and on. And I just, like – Wait, this you, went on further than that? This dude, yeah. Like, that, look at this is not that serious. This this is- I know. I know, man. And – and um
0: And he blamed me for having the draft too early. And I was like, oh, yeah, who could have seen a Jacob DeGrom injury coming?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's not go there. We're not going to turn this into a Mets bashing podcast. We don't need any of that.
0: All right, we're going to turn this into fantasy cops, mailbag, and uh, some news. A lot of news, including Bucks wide receivers. All right, let's talk about a few players that you're high on and or are drafting a lot. I asked you for three players that we've done a lot of drafts. Most of them mocks, but that you find yourself drafting a lot or that you're just high on? Who do you got?
2: This is a fun question. I leaned into that I'm drafting a lot, so I looked back at all of the drafts we've done. We do, just just a good heads up for those of you who are listening but may not follow along on the website, we have mocks every single week and now we're up to two mocks a week. And with every mock draft we do, Jamie Eisenberg writes up a mock draft recap and then I turn that into a mock draft survey. So you're getting insight from everyone in the draft and you're also getting a recap of the draft. But looking back through these, I found Adam that I end up with Tom Brady a lot in these mock drafts. It's just, he continues to fall sometimes even into that, not round nine, round 10 range. And I just can't help myself drafting a guy who crushed the league when it came to first downs against the blitz last year you can't blitz the guy he throws downfield at a ridiculous rate now he has julio jones in the mix who looks pretty damn healthy to me so godwin practicing today we'll get to that a little bit later he's looking pretty good for where he's supposed to be at so i find myself drafting a lot of tom brady adam at running back and this one's going to change i know it after sean mcfay's recent comments but I was crushing the Daryl Henderson pick. I mean, he was falling and falling and falling. Nobody wanted anything to do with him, which I think has something to do with his injury history, potentially. But he's been a pretty explosive and pretty effective back when on the field. I don't think his injury profile is too much worse than, say, Cam Akers, for example. Yeah. So, I found myself drafting a lot of him.
0: And and, and just then, to, just in case anyone missed yeah, it, ahead. Sean McVay, he said that he kind of felt like they had two number one running backs, so that's why. Dan's thinking he won't be able to get as much Daryl Henderson because his ADP is going to rise. Go ahead.
2: Yep, you nailed it. And then finally, again, a similar player from a similar team. It's Alan Robinson. This one's going to change, I think, because the camp stuff is just crushing me, <laughs> crushing my soul when it comes to getting this guy at value because he's just making highlight play after highlight play. But Alan Robinson, I just always end up with him. I feel like this year, Adam, I don't know if you felt like this in all doing all the drafts. Receiver thins out way earlier than I ever remember it thinning out. We get to that maybe back. If you're in the back end of the fourth round, I would say, or even the, honestly, the back end of the third round in that third, fourth round range, the entire range. I find myself looking at the board and I don't want to reach at running back because that's not how I d- design my teams. And I need a receiver in that range. And it's looking at guys like Robinson. Maybe you get a chance at a court Sutton, maybe a Jerry Judy. But it really does start to get to that point where you got to pick the guy you like and the guy you believe. in. for me, that's Allen Robinson.
0: I do sort of agree with you, except there are a few players that I I think, I'm just going to check their ADP now. I'm picking a date, July 20th. So I'm looking at a little bit more than two weeks on NFC, which is 113 drafts. And where are these guys going? Can you get them in round three? So Michael Pittman is 27th. So he's early round three in a 12-team league. T. Higgins and A.J. Brown are 28th and 30th. Uh, DJ Moore is 35th. So there's one right there. If I'm late in round three and I can get DJ Moore, I feel great about it because I do expect Baker Mayfield to start. The other guy is Sutton. And I don't know where he's going to end up. As of from uh, these 113 drafts on NFC starting July 20th to August 5th, Cortland Sutton is 44th overall. If I make it, let's say August 3rd, let's just see how many drafts we've had in the last couple of days. Uh 15 drafts. Cortland Sutton is now 39th.
2: Yeah, he's moving up.
0: And he's one of the guys that I was gonna say that I draft a lot. That was before the Tim Patrick injury, but now I am even further emboldened. Right, right. I think he's justifiable late in round three because it is you just have to take you just have to take your guy. Uh I'm I not completely- quite on Allen Robinson that early, but the training camp reports have been very encouraging. However, the Matthew Stafford situation.
2: Oh, <laughs> a little nerve
0: wracking, <laughs> a little
2: nerve wracking. Considering my Rams exposure everywhere, I agree.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I think, uh, I think once you, look, I, I think rounds four through six, I say it every, I say it all the time. That, that ends up being a good range for wide receivers. Some of these guys are going to really impress, really jump out. Um, like Brandon Cooks is going 50th. Yeah. Um, Allen Robinson, 44th. Darnell Mooney, 53rd. Rashad Bateman, 59th. This is all NFC. Chris Godwin is is 60th. We'll see where he ends up. Michael Thomas is sixty eighth. There'll, there'll be some values, but um, I don't know if I agree that receiver thins out more than usual. I really feel like every year in a twelve team league, there are about thirty picks that I love, and once I get to the the second half of round three, I feel like I'm like every pick is risky, and that yeah, has guess- not changed this year.
2: I don't, I think you're probably right on that. I just get, I get the feeling that in these past drafts in that exact range, even like look at last year, for example, I had guys I love like Cooper cup and Deontay Johnson were, were just circled on my list. And every, almost every draft, I felt like I can get him in that range this year. Who are those guys for you? Cause once you, once you said, who were they? Who were they? yeah, after, uh, last year it was Cooper cup and Deontay Johnson mm. in that range. And they kept falling into that four to six range, but for this year, cause you mentioned Cortland Sutton, and I agree with you. All the guys you mentioned, I really liked. And then once that, it's really like if Cortland Sutton goes and I'm in that range, and it's, it, you're right, it's not back end three, it's back end four. Then it's like, I like the guys you mentioned after that, but all of them I see some red flags with. And I don't, sure. I think there's a teardrop for sure after Sutton to those guys.
0: Yeah. But I saw red flags with, with Cooper Cup last year. You know, I saw, yeah, you could say I saw red flags with Deontay Johnson. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, I mean you're right. If they're going right. forty picks in, they got to have some runs, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, uh, my three players that I find myself drafting a lot: Cortland Sutton, Trey Lance, Kadarius Tony. Lance, we talked about on the quarterback preview at nauseum. He's a guy that you can take earlier than his ADP and back it up with a safer quarterback like Rogers, Cousins, Carr. You know, go go away from ADP. Um, although, let's see where Trey Lance is going. In the last couple of days, he's going 11th ahead of Stafford. Yeah, so you take him 11th, and then two rounds later, you grab Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers. You can do that. They're going 14th and 15th in 50. It's only 15 drafts over the last few days on NFC. But um, Lance and Sutton, we just talked about. And Tony, are you in on that too?
2: Yeah, I love all three of your guys there. I'm going to be honest. Tony Sutton, two of my favorite guys to draft, especially Tony. But Tony is seeing a little bit of an ADP rise. So I feel like the other two, Lance and Sutton, don't have too much more to rise because it's you really got to get bullish if you want to rank Lance any higher than some of the guys ahead of him. Yeah. And, and Sutton, like you said, has already risen a bit. But Tony's going to rise because he's having an excellent camp.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, again, I went back to ADP since July 20th. So that's 113 drafts. Kadarius Tony's wide receiver 41. I'll tell you, the guy right behind him is Alan Lazard. Who would you rather have, Lazard or Tony?
2: It, the answer used to be Lazard for me. I've done a little more digging because I did have a ton of early exposure to Lazard. I've cooled off a good a good bit on Lazard. I, I, I kind of went into it thinking... There's these vacated targets from Devontae Adams. They're kind of the, Aaron Rodgers named Lazard as, as his wide receiver one. We know Rodgers is that type of quarterback that likes to lean on the guys he trusts. But I just don't know that he has the skill set to really command that kind of target share. And I feel like there's guys who are stepping up in camp already, like Romeo Do, Dobbs. I don't, I don't know. Dubs. Is it Dubs or Dobbs? Dubs. Dubs. Yeah, I always pronounce that one wrong. And so I just feel like it's going to be a bit more spread out than I was originally expecting.
0: Okay, well, uh, the five guys ahead of Kadarius, Tony, and Alan Lazard are Michael Thomas. There's no way I'm taking them over him. But mm-hmm. the other guys, I I might. Uh, Devontae Smith, Drake, not at this point, but I could see. Well, Lazard. Actually, I like Lazard. I like Lazard. I'd take him right after yeah. Michael Thomas. Then it's Devonte Smith, Drake London, Russell Gage, Christian Kirk, Kadarius, Tony. So we'll see. I, I don't know that he's going to get any higher than wide receiver 36, which is Michael Thomas.
2: It depends on this campman because if he's getting all those guys you mentioned, right, with the exception of Michael Thomas, who of them is commanding the potential target share that Tony's gonna get in that offense? Unless you think it is gonna be spread around a bit with Galladay and, and Yeah, maybe.
0: I do with Barkley okay. and um and I just I don't love to play this card, but I don't know how many wide receivers mm-hmm. are more injury prone than Tony.
2: That's fair. Not yeah. just in the NFL, right? I mean, all throughout college too. That was what I got. When I when I asked my Florida friends about him when the Giants drafted him, they said, he's great, but we haven't seen him much. Right. And so. All
0: right. Those are some players that uh, we like here on August 5th. So we've got a lot of great content on the website. And let's talk about the draft-a-thon. So we're going to do our fifth annual draft-a-thon to benefit St. Jude. And we need you to be a part of it. Usually I say we want you. We need you. We want to raise as much money as we can for St. Jude, who would not want to contribute to that cause. So please be a part of it, and Dan will give you more details right now.
2: Yeah, it's my first year really j- diving into this thing and becoming a bigger part of it. And it's been really awesome to work with the St. Jude's Children's Hospital, the people we're working with. We're, we're planning a really cool event. It's the draft-a-thon. Most likely, I don't want to give the fu- the date just yet because it hasn't been fully finalized, but it's probably going to be that last Wednesday of it August. It hasn't
0: been finalized?
2: <laughs> not, I sent that an email <laughs> to like 30 people. It's almost definitely August 31st. Okay. Okay. But- Let's 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 <laughs> settle down a little bit here, but almost definitely August 31st from 6 to 12 p.m. We're going to have an unbelievable show that's going to have guests from the fantasy community, basically the best of the best from the fantasy community. I mean, we even get guys that I love, like the deep, deep dives, the rich rebars of the world, the people that I think are the my favorite guys. He's in the my face, probably my favorite guest. So, yeah, I mean, Rich has he's mainstream every- now. Is he mainstream now? I guess Rich is considered mainstream. No, he's, he he's, I was think. just saying since I like him,
0: he must be okay. mainstream.
2: <laughs> he must be mainstream now. But we got, we're gonna get unbelievable guests from the fantasy community. We're gonna get some athletes again, most likely, which will be cool. Maybe a celebrity appearance here or there. Maybe you get something cool and fun from the CBS side in that. So we're not gonna, te- we're gonna tease it all out. I'm not gonna give away too much, but it's awesome. You join us. It's from six to twelve p.m. It's six to midnight and it's just constant nonstop fantasy talk, fantasy advice, but but also fantasy hangout. Like you come, you hang yeah, out, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's more of like a PG thirteen version, the, at least as far as we go on fantasy football today. <laughs> so you have fun. So you have fun with it. You join us. And more importantly, if you can, whatever you can donate, please donate to St. Jude's. We're actually hoping to get up soon, starting next week onto our streams, a button where you can just click it and donate to St. Jude's. And we're going to have some fun events around this too, that you can hopefully join as well. We'll be giving out listener league, uh, entries. We'll be giving out things of that nature. Um, So there will be an eBay page. That's where most of our drive is. So we're going to start promoting and advertising that once that goes live on Monday, this coming Monday. And so if you want to donate, you can donate straight through the button, but also you can join the eBay page where we'll be having auctions of fun things, championship belts for your leagues. You can get Adam Azer to announce your first round, fun little things like that. Join our league. So be on the lookout for all of this. We're really excited about it. And to me, it's one of the best things we do every year.
0: Okay, so seeing a comment here in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it is Romeo Dobbs, and he had to correct Ooh. it because all throughout his college career, his coach <laughs> called him Dubs. But, and even the pronunciation guide apparently said
2: Dubs. Yes, I knew I was going to get it wrong. But it's Dobbs. All right, not Dubs. Daubs. This is like a Tanyan Tanyan situation yeah, all over yeah, again.
0: Totally, those Packers and their pronunciations. News and notes. Chris Godwin was wearing a brace at practice, so he's back at practice, but, but don't get too excited yet. They're being cautious with him. And meanwhile, Mike Evans left Friday's practice with a hamstring injury. There's so no idea the severity. That happened just a couple of hours ago as we record this. Roger Goodell appointed uh, former New Jersey Attorney General Peter Harvey to hear the appeal in the Deshaun Watson case, and we hope to have some closure on that soon. Matthew Stafford's elbow pain is a little abnormal for a quarterback, according to Sean McVay. Eesh. So it's... Phew, what's your read on this?
2: I don't have a good read on this, but it's so important because so much of fantasy, so much of our fantasy success is tied to this guy. I mean, you're seeing Cam Akers drafted high, Cooper Cup, Allen Rumson we talked about earlier. I'm hoping it's nothing. I was worried about Stafford going into last year because of the back issues that he had with Detroit, and he played through everything, made it through the full year. I lean more toward being bullish than bearish. I think he's going to play through this thing.
0: Marlon Mack says he is back to his pre-Achilles tear form, and he could just be a headache in that houston backfield uh this is what espn's josh weinfuss uh said about rondell moore and i just recorded a, actually ended up being about nine minute profile about rondell moore with jacob gibbs and the biggest thing was his his a dot was so historically low basically (laughs) it was 1.4 yards that was his average depth of target so he was just not used downfield. Uh, But this is what ESPN's Cardinals beat writer said. Rondell Moore's speed will be a major component of the Cardinals' scheme in 2022 in all areas, from behind the line of scrimmage to downfield. So if he can get downfield a little bit more, he's got some potential to be a nice sleeper. Peter King says Robert Woods looks like he's back to his normal self. Brandon Ayuk has had a good camp. Romeo Dobbs has had a good camp. Donald Parham of the Chargers' tight end, he's having a good camp. Kansas City rookie Isaiah Pacheco is having a good camp. B- uh, Bills rookie James Cook is having a good camp. They just talked about him you know, turning some heads in the run game. Meanwhile, Isaiah McKenzie for the Bills. He is right now the starting slot receiver. He's running ahead of Jamison Crowder, who has missed some time. So these are names to know as good late-round picks. I mean, Brandon Ayuk was very good uh, the last, uh, last, say, half of the season. Had better receiving numbers than Debo Samuel. Uh, doesn't mean that'll happen again, but Debo obviously had the rushing totals, but Ayuk is a name to know. Also, you should keep in mind, Ayuk did a lot of this without Debo on the field, uh, this right. training camp. Dubs, Parham, Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas City. I mean, you're not going to draft him, but could be a headache in that backfield. They have a fairly deep backfield, I guess. Uh, James and I Cook, what, we I like. think
2: what's interesting about the Pacheco situation, just to cut in real quick, Adam, is they've been using him and he's had some of his best highlights in the passing game. Mm. And so. If that's because you know they re signed Jarek McKinnon, they don't really fully trust Clyde Edwards' lair to be on every passing down. But look, if, if he show, shows out in the passing game, and Andy Reid sees something that he can use, he's looking for mismatches at all times. He could potentially get some work this year. We'll see. We've seen weirder things. Derek Gore had a little stretch last year. So,
0: right. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, Javante Williams, there's been some. Mm. Uh, I don't want to say controversy, but disagreements <laughs> about the type of split he's getting right? as the number one back. Is it 70-30? Is it 55-45? <laughs> what, you follow the beat writers pretty closely. What is it with Javante
2: Williams? There's no consensus right now. I think I'm going to lean on Ben Albright because he's had really good scoops on the Broncos. He's been really checked in, and he thinks it's going to be pretty similar to what it was last year, which is close to a 50-50 split. I'll say somewhere in between that and seventy third. I'm going to go with sixty forty as my final because <laughs> I do think they're going to give him more chances. Right? It's like he's a budding star there. They don't want to keep him off the field, Javante Williams. That is. But it goes back to what we said in the scared to draft episode a few months ago, or a month and a half ago. <sighs> this guy is going in the early to mid second round, and you can't even guarantee workload there. Everyone else you're drafting there is either a target hog as a receiver or a workload hog as a running back so it's just it's very scary for me with Javante williams I, i'm scared to be wrong because the talent is there
0: right right if he gets 60 percent, if the workload is the same as last year and he gets 60 percent instead of 50 percent, then you'll see him have enough work to be a, a great running back if things break right you know like james connor for example uh he didn't have a ton of work but he scored a lot of touchdowns so if he can get 60 percent right. based on the workload last year yeah go ahead
2: I just, the Connor example always to me, cause part of the Connor thing was he did have that stretch without admins where he really became the RB one. Yeah. And I remember us talking about him before that, like as this kind of touchdown dependent guy and a lot of fantasy analysts were like fade him because the touchdowns will regress, but that wasn't the case. Because if you look at the rates, almost nobody in the NFL, and this was surprising to me, ran the ball at a higher rate in the red zone than the Cardinals. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case with the Broncos. Now that they have Russell Wilson. I,
0: and I'll, I'll... What concerns me is I don't know who the passing downs back is, and I don't know who the goal line yes. back is. It's not just, well, here's the split, but we know where the high-value touches are. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. It could just be like last year where it was almost 55. Mean, the carries were exactly even. Javante did, I, I have hope because Javante did have more catches and more targets than Gordon, and I think he's going to be a better pass blocker. So I think he's the best bet for the third down work, but I don't know about the goal line. All right, finish up with some more news here. And we've got, uh, yeah, don't get too excited about Albert O because he and Greg Dulcich are competing there, and they're both going to have to fill Tim Patrick's role, especially in the red zone, according to Coach Nathaniel Hackett. A couple of rookie wide receivers for the Titans to keep an eye on. Terry McCormick, he's been getting first-team slot reps. And, Dan, you like Kyle Phillips.
2: Yeah, Kyle Phillips, my boy. Out of UCLA, I watched the tape on Phillips, and if you're going to look for a player who – is as close to Cooper cup as it gets, but also be, at the same time being a very poor man's Cooper cup. So let's, let's back that up. He doesn't have Cooper cups, total power, which is a big part of what makes Cooper cups game go. And he doesn't have the vertical element that cup has, but that ability to win in a phone booth, that ability to win on those two way routes in the slot, Kyle Phillips was up there with anyone in this draft class for me. And he was a total sleeper was never going to get drafted because he didn't have the deep speed, but now he's showing out in Titans camp and I think he can be a real I I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a big our uh, receptions racker this year.
0: Okay, that is Kyle Phillips for the Titans and Colts rookie wide receiver Alec Pierce has been working with the starter since day oh, yeah. one according to the Athletic. And uh question for you Dan Schneier. you said win in a phone booth. How old are you? <laughs>
2: um I just turned 33.
0: Have you ever been in a phone booth?
2: I the phone booths were definitely a thing when I was like really young.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah phone booths were fun felt like when you were they a were never kid. fun Then you're a they little kid weird. you're in a phone booth you feel like you're I don't know some secret mission in a spaceship <laughs> or something like that you can let your imagination run wild anyway when we come back the fantasy cops are stopping by to settle your league disputes then we'll read your emails your Apple podcast questions your YouTube comments we'll be right back on fantasy football today
1: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy Visit roberthalf.com today. There we go.
0: There's the music, that sweet sound of the fantasy cops. Figuring out your league disputes, we've got your back. Let's do this. All right. Apparently, I am always the good cop. Let's test that theory. This is from Seth. This past Sunday, I did a public 14-team full PPR super flex draft. Thirteen rounds, offensive players only, with a lineup of one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and three super flex spots. I took Herbert and Hurts with my first two picks. Cousins in the sixth at pick eighty-three overall, and then that sparked the commissioner to put me and another team on blast. Who at that point had four quarterbacks rostered for being QB hogs. When we defended in the draft chat, is we because the flex spots being super flex, so we could start up to four quarterbacks. This set the rest of the draft in a tailspin, as when the draft wrapped up, wrapped up exactly half the league, seven teams had one quarterback and didn't think about the superflex aspect of it. All right, now here, here's the thing, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll pause. Got three superflex spots. He drafted accordingly. One other manager drafted accordingly. Seven teams drafted one quarterback. Now here's what happened. The commissioner said that he tried to cap the limit, to two quarterbacks before the draft, but it wouldn't let him do it. So he set up the league. He thought it was going to be just a regular Superflex league. Instead, he created three Superflex spots. 30 minutes after the draft finished, the commissioner posted in the league that he meant to put the flexes as one Superflex and two standard and set the limit of quarterbacks roster to two per team. He said that I and the other team that has five quarterbacks need to drop down to two QBs in two weeks or he will go into our rosters and drop the quarterbacks that went after our first two drafted. He put the stipulation that we cannot trade these away for anything, but rather we have to drop them into the free agent pool to give the other seven teams a chance at a better choice of a backup quarterback. God. What is the right course of action here? Would you let our two teams make trades to get down to two? Would you schedule a redraft? Would you tell the seven teams with just one quarterback to run to the waiver wire right away?
2: Oh my God. There's so much to unpack here. Let me start by saying this was originally he called this a public league. This is the most intense public league I've ever heard (laughs) of in my life. Like this is a public league. You got a chat going, you got a commissioner going nuts. Let me say this. The only thing that would be even remotely fair in this scenario would be to redraft with the rules that he never told you before the draft, but then told you after the draft, this idea that you can just cut these players you took in like round four, five, six is absurd. But also, let me just say this, Adam. No one drafted accordingly. Kirk Cousins was available in round six. Literally, my first five picks would have been quarterbacks. Round one, round two, round three, round four, (laughs) round five. You could start four every week, and I want a backup, too. I might have go round six, too. If they're starting quarterback, I would be taking him.
0: And how about the fact that even in a super flex league, even if they thought it was just one super flex, seven teams only drafted one quarterback? Are you kidding me? That's absurd. Uh, oh I God. You got to redraft. You got to redraft. Total redraft. All right. Well, anyway, let's go to Cam from Winnipeg. Dear Harvey, Mike, Lewis, and Trevor. Harvey, Mike, Lewis, and Trevor. <sighs>
2: Harvey, Mike, Lewis, and Trevor. Why do I never get these right? This is hard. I don't know what this is. Uh, Harvey Dent?
0: S- oh, no. su- Suits. People keep oh. referencing this show, Suits. What is this, Suits? suits?
2: Oh, my God. I've, I've, I've watched one episode of Suits. To me, uh, I don't want to be. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Our listeners like Suits. Enjoy that show. That's all, all right. I'll say. Uh,
0: okay. This email comes baked like lasagna as there are layers to the situation. Ooh. I am a fantasy football fanatic. I'm going to be the commissioner for a dynasty startup as well as a redraft league. I am trying to encourage my girlfriend to play for the first time. She doesn't really know football, but I told her I would help her draft. Fantasy Cops questions. What are your thoughts on me paying her entry fee? How do you think it will come across if I help her draft? Do you think trading between our two teams could be a red flag? Let's go one by one. Thoughts on him paying her
2: entry fee? Totally fine by me with that. Um, Who would would have an issue with that? Not me. How do you think it will come across if I help her draft? This is the interesting one. So you're also in the league. This is why this one's a problem. So... (laughs) One of the only things I'll ever veto a trade over is potential collusion. That's basically the only thing, and so this would be hard. To, you know, you can make a case that there's some collusion involved, right? She's on the clock. You can you, dra- me- you cannot help her draft. Yeah, yeah you, you can't, can't the- Let's not
0: overthink it. You cannot help another team draft. No <laughs> That's way. That's in the league. Yeah. Uh, do you think trading between our two teams could be a red flag? I think it's oh, just yeah. a little bit of a red flag, Cam. <laughs> So pay her entry fee, but she's got to get her own advice. I know a podcast she can listen to. All right, next up, Eric from the Second City, which is Chicago, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hey, Mike, Greg, Zach, and Cole. Mike, Greg, Um, Zach, and Cole.
2: The Yankees pitchers? (laughs) No,
0: I wish. They don't have Jordan anymore. It's the worst trade ever. I don't know who that is. All right. This is a fantasy cops dispute from 2010. Ready? This happened in 2010. I'd like to get your perspective on this. 10-team, five-keeper PPR league. A trade was made between Jimbo and Ronald. They swapped multiple picks a month before the draft. This included swapping their first-round picks with the verbal agreement between the two that Ronald would not draft Jermichael Finley with the newly acquired pick... (laughs) since Ronald would now draft ahead of Jimbo. All right, so they swap first-round picks. Jimbo says, you can go ahead of me, but you can't draft your Michael Finley, and Ronald agrees. Ronald then approaches me with a deal, asking to swap our first-round picks with an added sweetener. My pick is also ahead of Jimbo's. So let's say Ronald ended up, after the trade with Jimbo, he ended up with the first pick, and Jimbo had the fifth pick. And then our emailer here, Eric, let's say he had the third pick. They agree to swap. So Ronald is still ahead of Jimbo. And remember, he made that agreement not to draft your Michael Finley with Jimbo's pick. I accepted this, but Ronald disclosed his reasoning. He was trying to get around the verbal agreement that he would not draft your Michael Finley with Jimbo's first-round pick. (laughs) So he did it instead with with Eric's first-round pick. Jimbo threatens to quit the league If Finley is drafted by Ronald, stated that he is beholden to the verbal part of the deal since the traded pick was used to acquire a different first-rounder, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, Ronald bowed down to the league pressure. I guess he didn't draft Finley, and he drafted someone else. Finley went on to only play four games that season, so it was all kind of a moot point. What would your ruling as commissioner be? Are verbal stipulations okay as long as the commission is informed?
2: So we have had this situation occur in our home league, actually. Wow, Really? Something not, not exactly that, but the idea was there was a verbal agreement that somebody tried to go back on. And so we made a ruling that everything has to be in paper. There are no verbal agreements. If you have a verbal agreement that you make with somebody else and somebody goes back on it, that's just life. And you just have to deal with that. But we said, if you write it in the email, in addition to the trade, as in a stipulation, like we agree verbally to this, then you're beholden to it. So I think you got to get it in writing.
0: I think that's so funny, though, to make a second (laughs) trade for a different pick ahead of of Ronald's or Jimbo's or whatever. I
2: almost respect the hustle there, really, (laughs) to be honest.
0: It's great. It's great. All right, let's see. One more here. Let's go. All right, this is from Anthony in Tacoma. Myself and the commissioner of a keeper league, I'm in. We listen to your podcast, so I hope this airs. All right, here we go. 12-team keeper PPR league. We each keep two players every year for up to three years, one round in advance of where we drafted them. We just selected our keepers, and we were informed that preseason trades for players and picks would be allowed in the coming draft. I negotiated with last year's champion, and we settled on my receiving Austin Eckler as a fourth-round keeper this year, but no value after this year. He gets Dobbins as a 12th-rounder this year and my ninth-round pick. So this guy is getting, this is Anthony, he's getting Eckler in the fourth round. He's giving up J.K. Dobbins and a ninth-round pick, and Dobbins has a 12th-round value. For the first time in the history of the league, the commissioners elected to veto this trade under the idea that it was too lopsided. And the commissioner believes, based on their conversation, that the champion, the one who gave up Eckler for Dobbins in a ninth round, the champion is simply electing to make his team worse to up the challenge rating this year. I feel a bit bothered by this outcome. I'm willing to hear y'all's opinion, maybe to help smooth things over for me. Is this a totally lopsided trade, needed to be vetoed, or is this an abuse of commissioner power?
2: Oh, this is a total abuse of a commissioner power. Let me start by saying that. Now, first of all, what is a challenge rating? Are you aware of this, Adam? Is that something on the site? Absolutely or- not.
0: I think he's okay. just
2: a very co-
0: first of all. I don't. I don't think that he's doing anything wrong here. But I was going to say he's a very cocky commissioner who, or a champion who thinks and- that he can win. Uh, win the worst that, team
2: but it's a the trade is fine right i'm still gonna say let me say this you're getting dobbins at a 12th round value plus a ninth round pick. yeah like, that's not bad at all and you can only wise. keep eckler for this year right i know you how the get, other yeah, yeah this is not bad at all oh. so this is nowhere near vetoable but also the idea that the champion is trying to make his job harder that i don't buy into either
0: look at you look at us agreeing on everything
2: i know it's, how not, about good. That?
0: <laughs> it's not good what's wrong with that
2: There needs to be a little dissension here between us, Adam.
0: All right, we'll we'll get there. Uh, We'll we'll get get there. there. This is from Eric from a large island in British Columbia. Is that your most
2: quoted movie thing? You always do the Eric.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably.
2: Does anyone on here know what the Eric is besides Adam? I've learned it because of that. I'm sure
0: we have 196 people watching right now. (laughs) What is Eric from? (laughs) Oh, look at this one from Castor Troy. I know what Castor Troy is from. Ew, two Giants fans? I can't. <laughs> I don't blame you. I can't either. You know what caster Troy is?
2: Um, he's yes, yes. He's uh from one of those movies with it's it's Nicolas Cage, right? Uh-huh. Is it the face-off one? <laughs> the yeah. face we just call it face-off.
0: <laughs> but yes, face-off, it is from yeah. that one. I'm losing my voice, by the way, so I hope I can make it through the rest of the show. All right. Oh, uh, this question is from Eric. It says Keeper question 12 team league, start two flexes, half PPR, four point for passing touchdown. Uh, should I keep Justin Herbert or Javante Williams?
2: There's no rounds attached to either. No. And they said no super flex, right? Correct. Javante Williams.
0: All right, this is from Dr. Will. I'm a contending team in a 12-team dynasty league. I got what I believe is a nice offer for T. Higgins, my number one wide receiver. But should I take it or ask for more? I was offered Sutton and a mid-23 first and a mid-23 second for Higgins and a late 23 third.
2: Whoa, yeah, you should take that. Oh, my God, you get a first out of it too and a second. I I love this trade in dynasty for you. By the way, I don't even know that necessarily that Higgins is. I like Higgins over Sutton, but man, Sutton's not a bad play either. There.
0: It's possible this was written before the Tim Patrick e- oh, yeah. injury. Kevin said uh Billy Madison. Yes, yeah. that's where Eric is from. You're giving the company to Eric? <laughs> this is from Jalen Hurts fan. I did my draft last night. How do you think I did? Two QB League. I had the eighth mm. pick. Um, I have Jalen Hurts. And Wait, it's a 2QB league? He has Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. You took Hurts before Jackson? I'm confused. Because he said bench, Lamar Jackson. But all right. (laughs) 2QB? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Okay, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, Najee Harris, Cam Akers, Tyreek Hill, Michael Pittman, and then he has Irv Smith and Cortland Sutton. This team is... Like, incredible. Yeah, Are you kidding me? it's like me?
2: too loaded. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's a 10-team league. I don't know. This might have been the one he was drafting with his girlfriend, and he got his girlfriend <laughs> to just throw the picks.
0: This is from Scott Matthew. 12-team half PPR keeper league. A.J. Brown in the 6th or Cam Akers in the 10th.
2: Oh, my God. I'm going to go A.J. Brown in the 6th. I've just soured so much on Akers.
0: Okay. From Jared. 10-team standard scoring league, start three receivers, no flex. What kind of draft strategy would you lean on here? Uh, I listened to the recent format podcast, and uh, you said two wide receiver versus three wide receiver changes your strategy more than PPR versus non. How do you balance that? Yeah, this is a good question. I've never played in a non-PPR three receiver league without a flex because that flex you're going to want it to be a running back, but you don't have a flex. So this is interesting. How would you approach this draft?
2: To me, Adam, I still think you need to be more running back heavy than normal here because I know you have three receivers to fill here, but it's only 10 teams. So that means, you know, that goes through wide receiver, almost just a little past wide receiver two range. So for me, I'm still leaning into the strategy we had for our standard league uh, podcast segment.
0: (laughs) I think I'm going to probably just not... I'm going to really focus on running back and wide receiver Okay. and not quarterback and tight end early. I think, you know, look, everything changes. If Travis Kelsey falls to the end of round two or something like that, that'd be one thing. But I think my first five picks are going to be running backs and receivers and just get the foundation of your team there. Uh, but again, I've never done it. So we'll see. This is from Anthony. I have Justin Jefferson and Michael Pittman for $5 and $1 respected, respectively. $210 cap. I can keep three of them. Which of the following would be your third? Um Deontay Johnson for five. He already has two receivers, Jefferson and Pittman. Deontay Johnson for five, Akers for four, or Bateman for two.
2: Oh my God. This build makes me want to go away from who I would normally say, which would probably be for me Bateman for two, because I love Rashad Bateman, but this build makes me want to say Cam Akers. Are, are you similar with that, Adam? Because he's yeah. so strong already at receiver, yeah.
0: Yeah, I would. I mean, if if Deontay Johnson or Rashad Bateman were A.J. Brown or something, you know, if they were just like a, a top 15 receiver, then sure. But I think get the running back. All right, this is from T on the East Coast, the mushroom capital of the East Coast.
2: What's that? the I've, mushroom capital of the no East idea.
0: Coast? What kind of uh, mushrooms are we talking? Yeah. About? Also, great question. Definitely need some some clarity there. Let's
2: see. I'll just Google. The Aaron Rodgers kind there. Or- uh,
0: Kennet, Kennet Square in a borough in Chester County, Pennsylvania, is the mushroom capital of the world.
2: I would have never guessed that.
0: Superflex League. We get one keeper. Acres for a fifth. Javante for a tenth. Oh, just come on, Javante.
2: Oh, whoa, Javante wait,
0: wait. There's a tenth. two more. There's two more. Okay. Adams for a second. No. Dobbins for a fifth.
2: No. Javante Williams for a tenth. Bang.
0: Bang. It's a huge keeper. Time for your emails. Hey, Jose, Alec, Kevin, and Yusei. No clue. Oh, come on, man. I think those are
2: uh, Blue Blue Jays pitchers. Like Kevin Gossman...
0: Yeah. Alec Menora. That's
2: my Alec team. Minora.
0: That's my team name.
2: Sorry, Alec Menora. Great team name. He's so proud of that, as he should be. To be completely honest. Thank
0: you, thank It'll you. Jose uh, Bur- Jose Barrios and you say Kikuchi, right?
2: Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. You
0: say goodbye. I discovered your show a few years ago. I become a huge fan. Thank you. Uh, I'm in a new 12 team league this year. Five-man Keeper League going forward. I've got the second overall pick, and I'm wondering if I'm overthinking about concerns about age and injuries for Eckler and McCaffrey. Am I crazy to ignore the upside and take a younger and hopefully more durable player like Najee
2: Harris? To me, the way I draft Adam, the answer would be yes. I would never take Najee Harris over those players. And you could even look at a player like Harris and wonder if there's concern there, right? Because he doesn't have Brent Roethlisberger anymore. And Roethlisberger was way past his prime, but Roethlisberger was checking down at an insane rate to the running back. So I think some of the volume there is going to go. A little away from Najee Harris, so there are concerns even with a player like Harris. I do understand that. Look, he hasn't had an injury at any point in his career yet, and had a major injury, Najee Harris, but he's still so young, right? It's only year two in the NFL. Give it a little time there. I mean, mo- he's basically the only back in this entire class without with a clean bill of health. But I don't lean too much on that. No, I think it's it's almost it's pretty random.
0: So, who would you take second overall
2: if Jonathan Taylor was first overall? Yep, is that the? Mm-hmm. Is is this his half PPR or PPR or no? Was it not specified? Don't know. Well, assuming it's half or full, it would be Christian McCaffrey for me.
0: Najee Harris, by the way, is not that young. I mean, he's 24. He's younger than... Yeah, he was an guys, old rookie, but. right? <clears throat> Eckler would be the first player to finish top five at running back at a... What is he, 27 or is he 28? Um, He is 27. He would be the first player to finish top five at running back at age 27 or older since LaShawn McCoy six years ago. Wow. But he is a different, he's got 607 career carries, you know, he's still very much in his prime. I think rules are meant to be broken. This is not a guy who's wearing down, Uh, right? Do you see it that way?
2: With I'm a little scared of Eckler this year for a couple of reasons. He's actually has been pretty injured throughout his career. Last year was on the luckier side as far as that goes, but more so I'm injured because of the touchdown regression. I mean, if you look at his entire career as a touchdown producer versus last year, last year just looks like sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, he's not, and I, and I get it. The yeah. offense is a lot better. Wait, now well,
0: but he had the so role I mean, that's the difference.
2: Yeah. And he the had the role. Lot and, and
0: let me tell you about 20. I want to say 2019. Yes. The first four games of 2019 for Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon was suspended. Okay. And he averaged 14 carries per game and six catches per game. And he scored three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. And I believe two of them were like one or two yard touchdowns, if I recall, uh, in four games. So that year, without Melvin Gordon, he was on pace for, wow, on pace for like 2,100 yards or something. 102 catches and 26 touchdowns just in those four games without Melvin Gordon. But it's basically just he had the goal line role then and he had the goal line role in 2021. I'm a little worried that someone else could have that role, but not that worried. Uh, anyway, Austin from Canada's, the home of Canada's Oktoberfest.
2: No clip. <laughs> Sounds yeah. fun. I just don't know what it is.
0: 10 team, 2 QB league. With two flex spots, I have the ninth pick. My league drafts quarterbacks heavy and early. Um, With that in mind, how would you suggest I go about my first two picks knowing that the top three quarterbacks will definitely get picked ahead of me and possibly the likes of Jalen Hurts? Would it be in my best interest to pivot by taking two of the top running backs or top wide receiver? This is a 2QB league. It is 10 teams. Um, What do you do picking ninth here?
2: Yeah, so for me, I've been asked this question a lot in Superflex or two QB leagues. In two QB leagues, it actually goes even further in this direction for me. You just can't afford to skip on QBs. I know it seems like there's some interesting strategy you can do loading up at running back or receiver. You're going to be have such an advantage there. But QBs are literal gold in these leagues. They're a finite resource. Every other resource, there's more of. You can and I and I, I'm sorry, Elijah Mitchell can appear out of nowhere at running back, right? And that goes for all these other positions. That's not gonna happen at quarterback. This is a finite resource. It runs out. Get them and get them fast.
0: I agree. However, you have a 10 team league. There's no way I'm not taking one quarterback with those first two picks. I don't know that you need to take two. You could definitely get A Tom Brady or something in round one, and then maybe a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr in round three in a 10 team league, because that's 28th overall.
2: Yeah, you could, because we in our league, for example, especially, but this is the difference. Like, remember in our Super Flex. Yeah. yeah. But in, in our Scott fishbowl, by the time it got back to me and we had the third round reversal. So we were picking in the early part of the third round. He's going to be picking in the late part of the third round. By the time it got back to me, I ended up taking Trevor Lawrence. That's where I was at. at he's not really, and,
0: he's picking in the middle of the third round. Cause that's, a, we're talking about 12 team leads. Right, so this true. is only 29th overall. So you got, sure, Trevor so, Lawrence. I got Trey Lance one pick before
2: you took right. Trevor Lawrence. So, and I think there's a drop off after Lance between yeah. before that Lawrence range.
0: I agree, yeah. And Lance goes higher than he did then, but Right. Yeah, it's risky. I, I okay, we just did a two quarterback draft, a super flex draft on Tuesday night. I've already talked about this on the show. I'm sorry, but I had the sixth pick, I think. I took Jonathan Taylor, Travis Kelsey, Matthew Stafford in round three, and Trevor Lawrence in round four. So I was I was pretty happy with that. I would say you have to get a little lucky. But it could, it could happen. Um,
2: and you have to know your league. If you drafted with these guys and girls before you have to know if it's one of those leagues where everyone's just racing to get those quarterbacks or not.
0: Hey, remember that pick by pick series we did on Monday, Dan, and all the articles are published. Yep. Yeah. Why is it that my, my articles are like the only ones that aren't on the website. They were on the website for about five minutes and then they must've been so bad that you pulled
2: them. (laughs) That's not true at all. George was running arena. So this is uh, a complaint (laughs) you have to direct to George.
0: I rarely get to write, and I guess I know why.
2: You did a pretty good job. I actually uh, thought you did a good job, Adam. Oh, it was ha- I mean, you didn't get it in prism, so there was a little... A, you made me do a little extra work. I wasn't thrilled about that, but uh. otherwise it was good. All
0: right, this is from Keenan. A couple of years... I think this subject was you're wrong about Russell Wilson. A couple of, of years ago, I wrote into your show about Tom Brady and his warm weather stats. Adam seemed intrigued by this, but the panel shrugged it off that Brady was not the fantasy... Not that fantasy relevant as a top QB in their eyes, and the weather was not a factor. Two years and many touchdowns later, I have another (laughs) weather fact that I think you are overlooking. You guys are fired up about Russell Wilson and his new surroundings, but his play in cold weather is very subpar. He does have the numbers to back it up. I don't know how he found this specific stat, but um, I'll take his word for it. And he says, after his week nine bye, six of his last nine games will be poor or cold weather. I think that's the little presumptuous that I, I, I would be surprised if he had six bad weather games.
2: Well, what, what do we have the games in front of us? Sure. I think it but it right just now. doesn't
0: usually work out that way, but okay. But uh, like six is a ton. I, I can't remember a quarterback having six bad weather games.
2: Yeah. Or if we're talking really bad weather, like windy, we're ripping wind. Yeah, go ahead. But
0: I, I guess I'll throw it to you. I mean, should we be concerned about this?
2: Russell Wilson has, this is a true thing. Like I, this is backed up by the film this is backed up by everything. He's been a quarterback who struggles in bad weather because Russell Wilson doesn't exactly win with arm talent. If you look at him throwing the outs, they call them the NFL throws the passes outside the hash marks the ball doesn't get there very fast and Russell Wilson's been a quarterback his entire career who wins with anticipation he's one of the best anticipatory throwers in the NFL that's a little harder to do in the cold weather so this is a bit concerning to me I'm going to take a deeper look into these games after the pod out ad, Adam because I don't necessarily know that like some of these like Cardinals at Broncos Chiefs at Broncos like I'll tell you yeah I have, have the schedule if, because look the, the home games for Denver they make quote unquote seem like bad weather based on maybe I guess the degrees and the cold but that air in mile high, that is conducive to a quarterback that is conducive to throwing the football. So I think that has to bounce into the equation too.
0: Yeah. His last five games are at Baltimore on December 4th. I don't know that that's going to be bad. Uh,
2: Kansas. That that one's going to be bad. Yes. December 4th. (laughs) Yeah. It's Baltimore. It's
0: December 4th. I mean, it's not Christmas. That's a, there's a big difference. (laughs) Uh, Kansas city at home, Arizona at home at the Rams should be fine. Yeah, at Kansas City, at Kansas City on January first, the as championship, yeah. yeah, that'll probably be pretty gross. Oh, look, it's a, it's a decent point.
2: This isn't; these aren't that bad. Though it's a good point if there was a harder schedule, though. Like a lot of these are home games, where again, I think the air helps in Mile High. I don't really see anything like besides that Chiefs game. I don't really, see, and maybe the Ravens. I don't know.
0: And this is from Tim. Hey, CJ, Fred, Lashawn, and Booby.
2: ah <sighs> see i'm just oh I yeah just
0: I, got, I got i got it. this is
2: how do you get these every time i google them <laughs> oh that's not fair well, no
0: i mean i'll i tell you when i actually get them this okay, one so shit. this one
2: you googled and what was the answer
0: this bill's running backs
2: i was gonna say that but it was like nah. right, i wasn't gonna say that i just lied i wasn't gonna say that go ahead
0: all right tim from a city in virginia with the same name as the place where they make jack daniels in tennessee
2: I've- hicksville isn't that like hicksville or something no idea okay uh when listening if that's right someone let me know if that's right please okay,
0: yeah when listening to your podcast i keep hearing the guys say i'd love to get him in round x but he's never gonna fall there or i'd love to have him on my team but he never falls to me where i would draft him mm-hmm. playing in an inexperienced league how can i get the good players if people reach for them all don't i just end up with a bunch of safe unknown guys drafted at their adp without big ceilings do i have to reach if everyone else is
2: no, actually, these are my favorite types of drafts. When everyone's reaching, I feel like the, the draft board always falls into a way, falls away that really is conducive to me building out a high value roster. Cause when people are reaching, that means guys are falling. That should be going higher, right? That's the definition yes. of people reaching. So I end up with a team that maybe I wasn't thinking I was going to get going in, but in the end, I'm like, wow, it's good value every single pick. So I think this ultimately works in your favor.
0: All right, I'm going to read some YouTube questions. If you want to fire them in, go for it. Um, In Fireman. our auction dynasty league, Christian McCaffrey is available. Would you pursue McCaffrey or Brees Hall in a dynasty league?
2: Auction dynasty league? I've never... Salary cap, sorry. Salary cap dynasty league. Salary cap dynasty league. But I guess they read... I don't really understand the concept of this league because if it's dynasty but they're... Is he available via trade? Oh or you crap! Talking- I'm
0: on the clock in my dynasty league. <laughs> oh no! I hope I didn't auto pick. <laughs> this is
2: funny. This is in its own right, very funny. But I don't really understand. I, I'll, t- I'll toss this to you, Jake from Safe Farm. I'll toss this to you, Adam. Because if it's a dynasty league, there's usually no one available, unless you're talking about available via trade.
0: So I have a dynasty league where we're actually doing a draft right now, and let's hope I didn't time out. Oh crap! <laughs>
2: I timed out. This is out. great radio right now. Damn it. Adam, Adam is such a time router. This happens so often for him. It's crazy. I'm very busy. And he's like, I don't get the emails. No, I, I got I the email. I just on. forgot. I had
0: a busy day. I drafted Sterling Shepard. Ugh. Um, so my Dynasty League has contracts. So every okay. few years. Here were the first. Every, we do a free agent draft. And this year is our last year, so we did not do a separate rookie draft. But these were the first... This was the first round of the free agent draft Mixon Connor Michael Thomas Juju Brees Hall Mike Williams Devontae Parker Bills DST ridiculous scoring in this league Hopkins Kareem Hunt Tony Pollard Hunter Renfro Dak Prescott so we have usually about a round of really good players uh, because we have contracts and some guys just can't be kept any longer. Right, But um, I who do you like better in Dynasty, McCaffrey or Brees Hall? That's really what the question is.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I like Brees Hall better personally. Obviously the age factor here, but I'm a big fan of Brees Hall's profile in general as a prospect.
0: From Albert, Lamar Jackson and Amari Cooper and a 23 first round pick or Dak Prescott and Diggs in a super flex league? So Jackson, Amari Cooper and a 2023 first rounder or Dak Prescott and Diggs?
2: That's a good question. I think I'm going to take the first rounder here with Lamar and Cooper. I mean, sounds great. Next year, you go into your draft with a first round pick, an extra first.
0: From my opinion. Oh, he's giving us the finger in his avatar. That's not cool. Why would you take a quarterback so early? There are plenty of good quarterbacks later on.
2: I agree. I don't take quarterbacks early unless it's... We were talking a lot throughout this podcast. We've been talking a lot about... Two quarterback in super flex leagues. In those leagues, you have to take them because there's finite resources. And the one QBs, I'm with you.
0: Yeah, it's just a matter of if you're in round four and Justin Herbert happens to be there.
2: No, I don't take him.
0: No, I probably don't either. But
2: I do think my strategy has changed a bit because in in past years there hasn't been this nice grouping of like the Brady range, like the range of like Brady, Russell, Wilson, Dak Prescott, that whole range in round eight through ten. That I never used to have, so I would wait all the way until the end. Now I'm not waiting. I'm getting one of those because then I see the teardrop.
0: Uh, Andy wants to know, Sky Moore or James Cook in a PPR Dynasty League?
2: It's a great question. Uh, this is, these guys were drafted. I did four different Dynasty drafts. They were drafted within one or two picks in every single one of them. Moore went ahead in all of them. I would still take Sky Moore over James Cook in a PPR League. From Joe, out of
0: these guys, who should I keep? Javante Williams in the sixth, In the sixth, Justin Herbert in the seventh, Jalen Waddle in the ninth, or Jalen Hurts in the 13th?
2: So I have to assume this is one QB league because it wasn't uh, specified otherwise, and so for me, it's Javante Williams in the sixth.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy, Jalen Hurts in the 13th is tempting, but okay. I agree, Uh, This is from Carlton. I have the 12th pick in PPR. I'm hoping Diggs and Lamb fall to me. Or should I do wide receiver and Kelsey if available?
2: Like them both. Uh, for me, it's wide receiver and Kelsey. I'm just a big believer in getting one of these tight ends, man. I mean, look, if you get past a certain range of tight end this year, it gets so gross. I was looking at our rankings, Adam, and I think after after the Goddard, um, Hawkinson, and Schultz range, right? Like once you get to those guys, I look at the next 10 guys ranked, Adam. I don't think that the guy ranked first is any better than the guy ranked 10th in that 1 through 10 of the Zach 10. Ertz is the only one I consider, but now there's just – that's the only one. I agree with you completely. I mean, I know –
0: we just did the tight end podcast earlier this morning, and you're always going to hear some Cole Komet hype on our show, but mm -hmm. that could just be – that could completely blow up our faces. But we're taking him so late, so – yeah, but there is no reason why a tight end that does not even get drafted is a free agent pickup could not be better than Cole Komet, you know, like Dalton Schultz was last year. 100%. So, yeah, Kelsey, if Kelsey's available at 12, it's a no-brainer for me. Diggs also. Lamb, fine. I would probably take a guy like DeAndre Swift or Alvin Kamara over CeeDee Lamb. In fact, I would.
2: I would would not take Swift, and I would probably not take (sighs) Kamara. I mean, if you, think,
0: if you think wide receiver gets thin in round three and four, you should look at running back.
2: Oh, I feel like it's the opposite, Adam. I feel like running back is, there's weirder, there's guys in the dead zone that I never would take in previous years. Ezekiel Elliott's going in round four, for example. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been falling into a little bit of round four. It's so been late round three, a little bit in round four. I mean, it depends what you look at. Because that's as long big, as George Maselli's not in your draft. It, he's going. Well, if
0: you're looking three. at our drafts, that's different. But <laughs> if you're looking at fantasy pros, Ezekiel Elliott's going
2: 30th. And, I haven't seen any draft where he's gone that high yet.
0: And um, let's see. David Montgomery's 32. James Connors, 32.
2: Right. Where's that Bruce range went? is better than it used to be. And then even if you go a little further, J.K. Dobbins in that next range. I mean, that used to never be able to get. Like last year, we were taking Mike Date Peep. Not not we. You were one of them, Adam. I was never one of them. I, I, I'm were going to- to,
1: I am
0: going to drive to New Jersey <laughs> and hit you with a Jersey Mike sub. If you tell anyone one more time that I drafted Mike Davis, I did – I. Did not like Mike did Davis. Did you not draft Mike not Davis single, in our one?
2: Okay. And it I was kind of
0: on the fence about Mike Davis. It was Miles Gaskin. But it was Miles Gaskin. No, Miles Gaskin was the one that I was like, there's no way I'm drafting Miles Gaskin. <laughs> I, I did not like either of those two guys. You have to stop. I unfairly have to put me. Adam in.
2: And he is a bigger believer in the dead zone than most, but I guess he wasn't in on these two not dead the, zone facts. No, but it was The point being, those were two of the guys you were getting in that same range last year, right? Don't you think these yeah. guys are way better than those guys? Much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I think people learned a little bit of a lesson from guys like Gaskin and Davis. There has to be a I little know. bit of provenness to these guys, or they have to be rookies. I really want to get some Brees Hall. I think he's going to have a good year. It might have to wait. It's another guy in that range, right? He's going in the 50s. Oh, even and, further. Back. And I like A.J. Dillon a lot. I know you don't. Um, I like him 60th right around there. I like
2: him, just not as much PPR, but yeah, I do like him a little.
0: So, um, yeah. I mean, Dave had an interesting theory that it's going to be more of a balanced year at running back and wide receiver
2: in what sense what does he mean by that like fewer
0: less separation between maybe wide receiver 12 and 20 or something you know
2: oh okay like i'll let yeah, him like,
0: explain it i don't want to put words in his mouth but he you know um, there'll be some studs but maybe not as many as in the past and it'll be more of just like a giant tier i could see that
2: actually i don't hate that i could see that too yeah.
0: and i think um you know a lot of the a lot of the great running backs are aging out you know, the guys that we've been relying on for so many years getting older and a lot of the great wide receivers Adams and Hill in particular, they're in worse situations. And, um, then you throw in the Julio Jones thing. Maybe that makes the bucks guys a little bit less valuable. Uh, you've got the tight ends Waller Kittle f- and, and Pitts. all of their situations got worse than the off season. So, uh, I don't know what to make of it. I'm very excited for this season. I think there's, I think it looks yeah. like it's going to be so much fun for fantasy. And thank you all so much for being on and watching and listening to uh, our mailbag show. Hope you have a great weekend. I need some water, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm struggling.
0: <laughs> we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll, yeah, we got, we'll talk to you. <laughs> you'll, hear, you'll hear from us. You'll hear from us. Goodbye.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.